Hear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord that he may have mercy on them and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are high than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall be to the Lord for a memorial, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. This is the word of the Lord. Man, how about those drums? Yeah, good. If you're not awake now, you won't ever be. Maybe I should have them play in the middle of my sermon just to wake you up again. So, uh, Christmas tide number 47. Um, so it's good to be here, and it's good to hear the words of Isaiah, right? To um, be hearing these words of the prophet who are. Uh, who um, are trying to share with the people of Israel that there's hope, that there is a new way, that there's a new um, Messiah on the way. And we, in Advent, are in this season of waiting. We're listening to the prophets as they look out ahead and wonder that God is probably going to be up to a new thing here, and God is going to bring uh, his promised Messiah. So, uh, so to that end, how about we pray? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this good word. We thank you for how you uh, announce the good news to us, not just in your word, but every day through your Holy Spirit. And we pray, Lord, that you will uh, hear these words and allow these words to be words as an offering to you, and that you will allow them to be filled by your Holy Spirit such that we may hear them once again as good news and that we may find a new way to live for the sake of your Son. And we pray this in his name. Amen. So uh, the college I attended a um, long time ago, Westminster College, had and still has a very good business department, very strong in accounting, economics, business administration, finance, you name it, none of which I took advantage of when I was there. 
I didn't take a single business class. I was over in the political science department, secondarily the religion department, learning about God and people. So it's a bit ironic that I now get to lead a nearly $4 million nonprofit enterprise, not having had a business class, a fact that is now making many of you nervous. <laughs> so suffice it to say that I look upon and rely upon a lot of good people and a very gracious God. So one of the things I did not learn in college one of the many things I did not learn in college was about monetary policy and currency markets. When I pick up the Wall Street Journal or the business section of the newspaper and read about the strength of the dollar or the yen or the euro, I know a little bit of what they're talking about, but not very much. Some currencies, I imagine, allow you to buy a little bit more. Some currencies allow you to buy a little bit less. And how and why that is, I don't really know. All I know is that when I when the barista tells me at Starbucks that my grande coffee costs $2.41, I hope that I have $2.41 in my pocket or on my iPhone. It still comes down to that, right? Economics still comes down to, I got something you want, you got something I want, and thus the exchange. Quid pro quo, right? Latin for something for something. Quid pro quo. And now, though, we have an entirely new currency that is arriving onto the scene, Bitcoin. Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer -peer digital cryptocurrency that is unlike any other currency the world has ever known. No one quite knows who came up with it. No one quite knows who's managing it. And no one is quite sure what is going to become of it. You can't touch it. You can't only find it buried in your software somewhere. The picture on your bulletin or on the screen is just a symbolic representation of what is really kind of invisible. But it could be the future currency of trade, and Lord knows what that's going to mean for us. Now, the truth is, the currencies by which we conduct our lives are not the ones only that we find in the business department or in our pockets. There is more that makes the world go round than just the dollar, yen, or euro. We trade in our life in all sorts of currencies, don't we? Quid pro quo in all sorts of ways, right? You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You do me a favor, I'll do you a favor. You lend me your leaf blower, I'll lend you my power drill. You buy dinner this time, I'll buy dinner next time. I'll trade my my horse for yours. Some play the game more shrewdly than others. Some play the game more fairly than others. Some take advantage of others. But that's just kind of the way the world goes round, right? All this harassment stuff you've been talking about the news is, is people thinking that sexuality is currency, something I can trade for, <clears throat> something I can purchase, or worse, something I can steal from you. People become commodities or objects. We objectify what is supposed to be soul and spirit. And speaking of objects, we begin this holiday season with a day called what? Black Friday. The day when people stand in line and, you know, get the latest holiday deal and we hope the red ink is going to turn into black ink at the local, at the local toy store. It's just the way the world goes round, we say. Unless, of course, you're a prophet. Isaiah says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you that have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Delight yourself in rich food. So what is this of which the prophet speaks? Is it a new currency? 
something for nothing, uh, the good life without a credit card? What's going on? You know, you keep reading Isaiah, and it keeps getting better and better and better. There's going to be light in the darkness. There's going to be lions laying down with the lambs. There's going to be children playing over the holes of the asp. There's going to be mountains and hills bursting into song. There's going to be no more thorns or briars. A whole new world, Isaiah says. Things don't have to be the way they've always been. There's a new currency. Something's new on the horizon. There's going to be a new way of doing business. And almost to sum it up, he says these words, you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The new economy, you shall go out in joy and you shall be led back in peace. Really? You shall go out in joy and be led back in peace? What is he talking about? Because, you know, on the scale, on one scale, it doesn't work out that way, does it? We say joy and peace and hope and love around our Advent wreath and our Christmas cards, but life doesn't always turn out that way. We, you know, with the kind of currencies we deal with, where there's always going to be winners and losers, there's going to be up and down, good and bad, comforts and pain. Life ain't no bowl of cherries. Some play the game more shrewdly. Some play the game more fairly. Some play the game to take advantage of others, but there's this promise still of the prophet that in the new economy, you shall go out in joy and you shall be led back in peace. How is life going to work that way? How is it that we are going to get ourselves to this joy and peace that we keep hearing about at Christmas time? I've shared with some of you before uh, Rabbi Edward Cohn's answer to how life should work. And he puts it this way, I think the life cycle is all backward. You should die first, get it out of the way. <laughs> then you should live 20 years in an old age home and get kicked out when you're too young. You get a gold watch, you go to work. You work 40 years until you're young enough to enjoy your retirement. You go to college, you party until you're ready for high school. You go to grade school, you become a little kid, you play, you have no responsibilities, you become a little baby, you go back into the womb, you spend your last months floating, and you finish up as a gleam in somebody's eye. <laughs> but it doesn't work that way, right? Life doesn't go that way, life goes the other way. And still the prophet says, you shall go out in joy, and you shall come back in peace. Is this a change of currency? Is this the thing we wonder about when we get close to Bethlehem? Is this the thing we sing about, the thing we hope for, that somehow the world would operate in a different way, somehow there would be a different experience, that there would be a different currency by which we trade, by which we live, that the world doesn't have to be, does it? Winners or losers or rich or poor or lucky and unlucky, some on the top, some on the bottom, that we could really find the real meaning and purpose to our days. Mark Twain said that the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you realize why. And don't you wonder that when the prophet says that we should go out in peace and we shall be led back in, we should go out in joy and be led back in peace, that it has something to do with having figured out the reason why we're here. And don't you wonder that when we get close to Bethlehem, we get closer and closer to figuring that out, because it's in Bethlehem that we get to see up close God's currency. And the currency of God is first to love us. The currency of God 
is just to love us. This is the commodity without price. This is the wine and milk that's for free. That is all that baby is in Bethlehem, is God's love in the flesh, God's love for every human being. Just a baby and nothing else because that's all we really want, right? We just want to know that we're loved. He doesn't hold in his hands, the baby doesn't hold in his hands, you know, dollars and yen and euro, doesn't hold in his hand coupons to Macy's, no. He just is live and in the flesh. God come down to say, I I so love the world, and that means you, and that means you, and that means you. We go forth in joy from Bethlehem being loved by God, and then when we learn that the baby grows to become a man, we learn that peace comes when we love back. The joy comes in being loved, and the peace comes when we ourselves have loved. We go out in joy, having been loved, and we are led back in peace, having loved ourselves. This is the new currency. This is the Bitcoin of Bethlehem. It's why Jesus says all those crazy things. If your friend asks for your cloak, we'll give him your coat as well. If she strikes you on the right cheek, we'll then offer the left as well. Love your enemy. Forgive 70 times 7. What does it profit a person if they gain all the dollars, yen, and euro and lose their very soul? If you want to be first, Jesus says, try being last. If you got asked to walk a mile, well, then find the way to walk the next one. It is the new currency. It's the new way to do business. And it, no, it doesn't necessarily land you on top. It doesn't necessarily always feel good. It doesn't necessarily land you in the places you want to be. Sometimes it even breaks your heart. But what it will get you is joy and peace. You shall go forth in joy and be led back in peace. Because deep down at the bottom of it all, our deepest hunger is to be loved. And our deepest fulfillment is having loved another. Our deepest hunger is to be loved, and our deepest peace is having loved another. I remember years ago reading about a kid who went to the University of Michigan, sorry, who played football there, sorry. Four-time All-American, sorry. His name is Mark Messner, and where Mark Messner was winning all of his collegiate awards, he would always say that he owed it to his stepfather, who stepped into his life at a very important moment, Del Preti, and who loved him unconditionally. Showed up at all his games, guided him through his youth, all the way to the point where he finally reached his dream and got drafted into the NFL by the Los Angeles Rams. And just at that time, when he has just realized his dream, his stepfather was diagnosed with a vicious cancer. And so there's Mark out of training camp trying to make the team, trying to prove himself, collecting his first checks as an NFL player. And he gets the call that dad is real sick. And so away from the team, he walks. Away from the salary, he walks. Away from the chance to make the starting team, he walks. And he flies home to Detroit and for weeks loved the man who loved him first. Bathed him, picked him up out of the bathtub, put him into bed, bandaged his wounds, fed him spoon by spoon.
slept beside his bed until he took his last. But you're shot to play football. Oh, there's a new currency. You shall go out in joy and come back in peace. Maybe you saw the article this week about Harriet Fridkin. When Harriet Fridkin was diagnosed 40 years ago with multiple sclerosis, she knew that she was in for a challenge. And as the years went by, she was able to do less and less, and she knew that that meant she was going to be losing touch with the world, that she was going to become more and more isolated. But what she didn't know was about her friends. What she didn't know was that her friends were almost as concerned with her about losing touch with the world and about losing uh, the chance to be with them. So they said that they were going to try to figure out how each of them would take a turn every day to visit her so that she would not lose touch with the world, so that the, she would always have a day with a friend. Ah, that's a nice thought, Harriet thought. It was, this will last a little while until, of course, life gets in the way and, you, you know, people get on with their lives. But that's okay. A little while is better than nothing. But what she didn't know was that it wasn't going to end. When Harriet didn't know was that Harriet's harem, which is what they call themselves, they wouldn't stop. And from that day, they started, and they didn't stop. And every day, they keep stopping by. For 21 years, they keep stopping by. Because it's a new currency. You shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. We all remember O. Henry's great story, The Gift of the Magi, about the young impoverished couple, Della and Jim, who have no money to buy what they want to give each other for Christmas. So secretly, Della sells her long, beautiful hair the day before Christmas to buy a gold chain for Jim's treasured pocket watch. And at the same time, Jim sells his pocket watch to get the money to buy Della her expensive and beautiful combs for the hair she's just sold. And when they open their gifts to see what they've done, they realize they've given each other more than what money could buy. It's the new currency. You shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. Wendell Berry put it well when he wrote, so friends, every day do something that won't compute. Love the Lord, love the world, Work for nothing, take all that you have, and be poor. Love someone who doesn't deserve it. Such are the coins we're apt to find on our way to Bethlehem. New coins, strange coins. By grace, may we keep them and by a greater grace, may we spend them. For you shall go out in joy, and you shall be led back in peace. Let's pray. Thanks, O oh God, that you, you promise us it doesn't have to be this way. You promise us that it doesn't have to be just quid pro quo. I've got what you want, you got what I want.
you promise us that there's a new currency on its way brought to us by Jesus. And we pray that as we get closer and closer to Bethlehem, that we would keep picking up these coins, that we would find the way by which to spend them so that we might finally find what you've always wanted us to have, a little bit of joy and a little bit of peace. As we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Christ, whose birth the angels sing. 